Hey guys, this is Ash, and today I'm going to share with you this story of Daisy May Heath, a strong Yakima woman who was the rock of her big family, and talk a little bit about the staggering numbers and the epidemic that is plaguing the Yakima area. Daisy May Heath of the Confederate tribes and bands of the Yakima tribe was born January 10, 1958, to Eldred Heath and Nancy Whitefoot. She was the youngest of six sisters and was raised by her maternal grandparents, Elias and Lily Whitefoot. She grew up on a ranch in Medicine Valley. She was raised in indigenous ways by her grandparents, along with her extended family. They worked in the garden, tended to the cattle and horses. They also spent a lot of time in the mountains. And in an article in the Yakima Herald Republic, Marie, one of Daisy's older sisters, said Daisy could dig roots faster than anyone. She was fearless and undaunted by the deep water for her size. Daisy's described as a giver and a helper. She loved spending time with her nieces and nephews. She'd do anything for her family, and she was their biggest supporter. She was a great auntie. In 1986, Daisy gave birth to a daughter and named her Sherry after one of her younger sisters who sadly passed away at a young age. She was so happy and thrilled to be a mother. And if you're a mother, you know the indescribable feeling and that one-of-a-kind love. However, baby Sherry succumbed to SIDS and losing Sherry absolutely broke Daisy's heart. And in that very same year, she also lost her grandmother, the matriarch of the family who raised her and raised her big family. And I can totally relate to her upbringing because there's nothing like an indigenous grandmother and their love. This left Daisy in a dark, vulnerable state. Her family talks about how she was so strong and resourceful that she could survive on her own for weeks. She knew how to hunt, she knew how to fish, to gather traditional foods. However, going through so much tragedy, she was so emotionally fragile when she went missing. Her sister stated, and I quote, It's hard to put your hands around this issue, particularly if you are a family member. There are different ways people are going to interface with this issue, even within family members. The loss that people feel, the lifelong grief and anger once someone goes missing or was murdered, and you just don't know what happened, end quote. The family has also suffered another loss as their sister Agnes was murdered in the Yakima Nation Housing Authority's rental housing park in Wapato on April 15, 2004. She died from several internal injuries, and two native juvenile males were arrested for her death. She was only 38 years old at the time of the incident. Daisy was last seen on August 30, 1987. She was living in White Swan with her sister Patsy, and she was reported missing about a month later, on October 29, 1987, when she was just 29 years old. The family describes a lackluster response from the police. They reported her missing, and no one came, and no one talked to the family. There was just simply no response. In a remote area of the Yakima Reservation, known as Soda Springs, is where her belongings were found. Her backpack, keys, and a turquoise ring were discovered northwest of White Swan. And see, this area is closed to non-tribal members, and even tribal members need to have permission to access this remote area. The FBI had jurisdiction over her case, and they described her disappearance as a suspected homicide. Several years after Daisy was last seen and reported missing, her sisters still had no answers. They didn't know where she was. They heard nothing. And so they legally declared her dead. One of the sisters, Marie, met with the coroner and completed the necessary documents of Daisy's date of death and it was set for October 30th, 1997. In the Yakima tradition, they don't mention the name or display pictures of someone who has passed for a whole year after their death, unless they release themselves from mourning before that year is up. One year after legally declaring Daisy dead, they held a memorial for her. Even though the family held the memorial, it wasn't the same as a traditional memorial because they hadn't found her body. 
They still had no answers, and she still hasn't come home. But the family never lost hope in finding her and finding answers. 21 years later, after she was reported missing on October 26, 2008, human remains were found in a remote area of the Yakima Reservation. They were sent to King County Coroner for DNA testing. However, the technology at the time was unable to obtain a DNA profile, which put the case on hold. But just over a year ago, the Yakima County Coroner started looking back into the case. They were able to get a probable match based on dental records. But in order to confirm the identity, the coroner had to send the remains back to a lab for DNA testing and put to use the technology they just didn't have back in 2008. There were some roadblocks, however. Funding was an issue. The coroner had to get funding from the Washington State Attorney General's office. Othram, a forensic genealogy company, was able to use advanced testing and a familiar reference DNA sampling to develop a comprehensive DNA profile of the remains. After testing was complete, they were able to confirm the identity of the remains, and they did belong to Daisy, according to the DNA results. After 21 years, she was found. Her family can bring her home, give her peace, but there's no way to know what happened. The manner of her death, the disappearance, or what happened to Daisy, it all remains undetermined. In the 1980s and 1990s, it was noted that at least 14 Native women were murdered in cases that still remain to be unsolved or they died under mysterious circumstances. As a matter of fact, another woman was reported missing around the same time Daisy went missing. Her name is Karen Johnley Wallahi, who was last seen on November 7, 1987, and was also 29 at the time of her disappearance. According to the FBI's Seattle office, Daisy's name was on a list with at least 16 other indigenous women who were found dead or declared missing from the Yakima Reservation between 1980 and 1992. According to the FBI, some of the community believed it was the work of a serial killer. Ten of those 16 names that are on the list were homicides. However, of those 10 known homicides, only three cases had murder charges brought forward. Indigenous women are murdered at rates 10 times the national average in some jurisdictions, according to a recent federal survey cited by the Attorney General's office. Indigenous people make up just 2% of the state's population, but they make up 5% of the unsolved homicide cases. The following names are murdered, missing, and mysterious deaths of indigenous girls and women on or near the Yakima Reservation. It is not a complete list, but it was compiled from the Yakima Herald Republic, law enforcement, and from online resources. And those names are Bernita Long, 40 years old, missing since March 26, 2022. Frida Jane Noviscun, 34 years old, missing October 2016. Rosalita Rose Longkey, 18 years old, missing June 30th, 2015. Roberta Bertie Jean Rains, 37, missing since July 2001. Eleanor Trujillo, 37 years old, missing February 1st, 1996. Karen Louise John Lee Wallahy, 29 years old, missing November 9th, 1987. Janice Marie Hannigan, 16 years old, missing December 24th, 1971. The mysterious deaths include Echo K. Little Wolf, 31, 2017. Daisy May Heath, 29 years old, 1987. Alice Ida Looney, 38 years old, 2005. Teresa Stahi, 25 years old, 1987. Cyrene D. Winner, 24 years old, 1985. Celestine Spencer, 21 years old, 1982. Azoria Yvette Eli, 19 years old, 1982. Sheila Pearl Lewis, 33 years old, 1980. Unsolved Homicides, Anna May coming out, 38 years old, 2022. 
Anita Luceria, 15, 2022. Tina Lee Raincloud, 20 years old, 2021. Angela May Heath, 41 years old, 2019. Rosenda Strong, 31 years old, 2018. Destiny Louise Lloyd, 23 years old, 2017. Maddie Rainbow Andy, 31 years old, 2017. Linda Dave, 39 years old, 2017. Naomi Alexander George, 33 years old, 2013. Shermaine Sanchi, 47. Tony Marie Green, 43. And Steve Alvardo, 52, 2003. Barbara Celeste, 44 years old, 2005. Charity Sampson Elwell, 30 years old, 1992. Joanna Betty John, 44 years old, 1991. Rosia Lou So Happy, 31 years old, 1989. Skeletal remains of an identified woman found in 1988. Janice Marie Wilson, 20. 1987. Babette Crystal Green, 26, 1986. Claudel Alice Sampson, 26, 1987. Mavis Josephine McKay, 32, 1957. And this list continues with the Yakimas in other urban areas and other states and cases that have actually been solved. And it's such a long list. And it's so sad. What is going on in this area? But this is the story of Daisy May Heath. She was able to be brought home even after so long. She was able to be put to rest. However, there are so many questions about what happened to her and who did this to her. Daisy was a sister who linked her family all together. It's important for the world. It's important for you to know who Daisy May Heath was. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.